Hello and welcome to the Rally Caps On podcast. We're excited to have you guys here today. Uh, we've got a couple great things that we're going to talk about. We've got NFL Weekend Recap. We finally have some MLB news. Thank you, goodness. Somebody made a move. Finally. The Padres Finally. are going for the gusto. They're living their best life right now. So let's talk about them a little bit, and let's just get this rally started right now. All right. Heck so Yeah, man. Feels feels good to have some baseball news for sure. It does, yes. it's uh, It's been quite overdue for, for some time here now. Uh, before we do baseball, I, I jumped the gun a little bit. Before we do baseball, let's go with our bullish and bearish. I'm going to start off with my bullish here. We've got basically every sports fan's favorite restaurant, Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, yeah, we can tell they've been listening to this podcast. They just came out with a 2021 rally cap, which is a hat that you can turn inside out and it's embroidered on the inside as well. So either way you wear Let's it, go. it's got some it's got some uh, like embroidery on it and a little logo. Uh, I guess they must have really liked your your favorite rally cap, man. Congrats. You're on a hat. If you, if you want to send about 150 garlic parm wings my way, uh, feel free. Definitely yeah. would be happy to give you a shout out on the pod. I was going to say, like, send us a hat, but I, I like the garlic wings better, actually. Send us the wings in the hat. There we go. Two birds. All right. Um, yeah, shout out to B-dubs. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, they're doing it for a good cause. They're going to be donating it to a, uh, a certain charity. So good on them and great idea coming out with that rally cap. All right. What do you got for bullish? Love it. So bullish, I'm going to go the state of, uh, the state of Florida. So Florida sports teams. So, uh, the real winners of week 16 NFL, the Jaguars have secured the number one pick, uh, typical jets. They couldn't get it done. So Trevor Lawrence going to Jacksonville, $86 million in cap space. I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. It's a good yeah. start. Is there any way that Trevor Lawrence says pulls an Eli and says, no, I ain't going? I don't think so. I actually like, I thought that was more likely in New York. So Jacksonville, not too far, um, not too far from Georgia where he grew up. He seems to be kind of more of like a, a Southern kid who wants to stay under the radar a little bit. I actually felt like New York was, more of a misfit for him. So honestly, I love that. I mean, it's just going to come down to who they surround him with. But I think if you're Jacksonville, this is, this is the start, right? Yep. I mean, you got to draft smart and surround him with talent, but as we've, as I've said before, I'm huge on having the right quarterback as the, as the huge piece. So uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm bullish on them for sure. I'm also going to go Miami dolphins in here um, to a, we'll get into this obviously has not been throwing the ball much further than about four yards downfield, but I still feel like they have the answer there. There's a lot of talent on that roster. They've done Brian Flores like has done a tremendous job. Uh, their front office remaking that roster and really kind of show, uh, setting the standard for how to turn a franchise around. Jacksonville, hopefully you're watching. And then Christmas Day, Miami Heat came away super impressed. I know on our maybe two episodes ago, I mentioned I was low on the Heat. Felt like they were a prime candidate for regression. Um, Maybe the Pelicans are just really bad. They are definitely bad defensively, but watching the Heat on Christmas Day, I came away feeling like I was watching a team where every single person on that team knew exactly what their role was and exactly how to play with and complement their other players. So state of Florida, I'm bullish right now. 
Yeah, big time. Nice, nice. All right, I'm bearish. Um, you guys have heard me talk about him already. Cliff Kingsbury. Dude, Oof. what are you doing, man? Um, let, let's just mention a couple couple things. He's never had a winning record anywhere he's ever been, including college. Um <laughs> And I, I mean, somehow he just like lucked his way into becoming the head coach of a team that had the first overall pick, which like, I don't know how you can get a better scenario if you're Cliff Kingsbury, but he has spoiled Crazy. it for sure. I, I don't know like what he's doing. He seems to panic in almost every single moment that they, that they need to call a play. I I've, like when I'm watching the games, I feel like there's so many plays that, have literally the potential for two yards maximum. And you're just like, what are they trying to accomplish with like half of these plays? Uh, Surprisingly, they can still make the playoffs if Chicago loses (laughs) and they get in. Uh, The the Packers do actually have to play the game to secure the seed to, to secure the number one seed. Um, So I'm, fairly confident you know if Aaron Rodgers wants to beat the Bears he's going to beat the Bears so it's up to the Cardinals and most likely their backup quarterback against the Rams backup quarterback which is the XFL QB for the uh, AZ Hotshots Wolford I'm blanking on his first name right now but let's go yeah and and I I I believe they just the fact that we don't know his first name says all we need to know about him exactly yeah I mean it's going to be quite the game to two guys who haven't basically taken a snap all year about to uh, get their team a playoff burst. So let's see what happens here. Um, But I am, I'm very bearish on him. I had two bearishes today, so I've got, I don't know if I should be bearish or bullish about this, but ESPN is now in on the betting devastation of random citizens who like they posted an article today that basically just shows who just, lost their asses this weekend. Uh there was a there was one notable one. Some guy some guy bet 500k on the Browns. <laughs> that's a tough one. Um that's tough. Yeah, that's that that that, that should never like be something that crosses you, your though? mind. Was that? Do you feel like if you bet do you feel like if you bet half a mil on the Browns though, like you kind of you kind of deserve you, you kind of had it coming. Yeah, I don't know how that ever that thought can ever come into your mind. Like, I should put a half a million dollars on this team, the Cleveland Browns. The Brown, the Browns could be playing the four A state champion from Tennessee, and I'd be like, ah, ah, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe money line, maybe. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> um, yeah, like betting five hundred k would just kill me of stress alone. Like, I wouldn't be able to like think while the game was happening <laughs> not that i have any of that kind of money in the first place but just wanted to throw that out there Sponsors, espn espn out. is getting in on the fun making everyone feel better about themselves yeah yeah they're just they don't they're not looking out for the little guy definitely not no so uh you do you have another bearish or am i up uh you got you got your bearish so bearish um well i'll be honest i wanted to go Rams quarterback situation as bullish because Goff is injured now, so he can't play. And I spent about 35 minutes on the internet trying to figure out possible trade scenarios and landing spots for him. And yeah, I don't have anything. So, so that had to go out. So maybe that's bearish, but I'm also going to go 
Um, I'm also going to go the non, the non power five, uh, conferences, uh, for college football. So the group of five teams, um, last week we got to see coastal Carolina lose to Liberty. And I talked about this before, but if I hear one more person tell me that they want to see a team like coastal Carolina in the college football playoff, I just, I I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm so bearish on them. I'm, I'm selling all the way. I, I don't, I don't think it's great that they went 11 and 0 and had a nice season, but I think there's no shot they deserve to be in the, in the college football playoff. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I, I would love to see just them play Bama and get beat like 70 to zip. So that way, so that way we can just say, all right, let's, let's, let's stray away from this topic of conversation for a couple of years until we see another team that could possibly fight against like maybe a six seed. But for now, yeah, let's, let's stay away from those guys. Not, not leave the, let's take the group of five out of this conversation. Yeah. I'm, I'm out on those guys. Sweet. All right. Let's, let's talk since we are a baseball podcast, let's get this done first. Uh, we've got, we've got the slam Diego Padres traded three prospects for Blake Snell. Um, they're also, I saw on Twitter, I, this has not yet been confirmed by the team, but they are in the works to sign you Darvish, um, which adds two aces to your team. And they also today, this is confirmed. They signed Korean baseball star. I'm going to butcher this. Ha Song Kim. Ha Song Kim, who averaged close enough, right? Um, He averaged 294 in Korea over seven seasons. And in three of those seven, he had 100 RBIs. He he can play middle infield and third base. He's very small. Uh, He's he's listed at 5'9", buck 67. So most likely he'll probably be finding himself at second base, but let's not... uh, Let's not put him in a corner yet. Let's see. Let's see what the Padres do with him. But I do like that they added that balance uh, to their lineup. And does that make these Absolutely. guys straight up competitors with the Dodgers? Are they going to be duking it out come down last series of the year? I think absolutely. Absolutely. You're going to go. I mean, starting rotation, you add Blake Snell and you Darvish. Couple that with Chris Paddock, Clevenger, Zach Davies. Um I mean, I don't see how I don't I don't see how it, it doesn't make them uh super competitive there. And I mean second base is probably their one big their one big need um offensively. So now you're gonna you're gonna plug in this guy, which who knows? I mean, obviously he's not gonna put up those type of numbers here, but it sounds like maybe he's a guy that can hit, you know, 275, 280, 20 homers, eight, 75, 80 RBIs. Right. Couple Even that if- with uh no, with couple of that with Tatis, Machado, and Hosmer in the infield. I mean, you have to like, you have to like that, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I definitely. I'm excited like about that. that. Yeah, if even if the power numbers aren't quite there because he's playing in in Petco, which is, as everyone knows, is not the most hitter friendly park. So we'll probably see his power numbers go down a little bit. But even if he keeps that average somewhat close to, yeah, like you said, two sixties, two seventies. That's a solid improvement from what they were last year. I, I love cool. the move. These series, I mean, these these are must-watch TV now. You know, these these Dodgers-Padres series. Um, they play each other seven times the first month of the year in April, three times in June, three times in August, and then six times in September coming down the stretch for 19 games total. 
Uh, that's I, I love that. Huge for baseball. That's huge for baseball. And you bring up a good a good point too, Willie. I think uh, with Petco obviously being a more extreme pitcher's park, that's huge for Snell, and then also for Darvish. I don't know offhand last year, but I know in the past he's been he's had a pretty high fly ball rate amongst yeah. pitchers. So that's a that's probably a huge, especially night games at Petco. I mean, you we both been to games there. That is that's a huge. Uh, I think you could expect to see some positive. Uh, positive regression from him there that's that's a really that's a really smart move in my mind because you're probably going to see him you know going from Wrigley pitching in day, like more daytime games than anywhere else to pitching in a pitcher's park a lot of night games that's that's a really good move and you know what I mean I don't know we'll see how all this works out but for the first time in a long time I am super excited about baseball when all these moves coming together this is the type of stuff we need and you're seeing I love what these teams are doing because I think it would have been easy for the Padres to kind of wait out the Dodgers or just see them as like a juggernaut and, and maybe not want to make these, these acquisitions. And instead they're kind of going NBA model here. And you're trying to get some like um, merging of the talent, which uh, it's, it's good for the game. And it's good for me, not a Dodgers or Padres fan to be excited. Like you said, that's much must watch TV. We're going to have to tune in and check out those games. And the fact that they're in the same division makes it, you know, that much better. It's a great day for baseball. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Even though my favorite team is in that division, I will be watching Padres games more often for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And also um, just thinking ahead here too, there's been a lot of talk last year and this year about uh, uh, Nolan Arenado possibly getting moved off the Rockies. I think to me, this makes, this is the next big domino to fall. I think you're going to see Nolan Arenado get traded, especially, you know, let's say the Rockies were to come out to a eight and 15 start or a 10 and 20 start, something where they're pretty, pretty quickly behind the eight ball. Um, you could have arguably one of the top five players in major league baseball on the, on the trade block, which again, just makes it even, even more exciting for a possible contender to add him. So. For sure. Um, also this just in, not this just in, but this just Googled by me, uh, the Cubs and Padres have agreed to a deal for you, Darvish and Victor Caratini. Wow. So Darvish is on the team now. It, this isn't just a rumor anymore. He is on the team. Uh, it's a seven player deal. So, um, I love it. Yeah. The Padres are going for it, man. It, it's good to see. Yeah. them not backing down from the Dodgers and just saying, Hey, we'll, we'll take the wild card and try to beat you come playoff time. They they're going for it in the regular season, which is cool. Yeah. And I I'm looking here, uh, Jeff Passan, uh, Passan had tweeted out. It looks like, uh, Zach Davies is going back with, uh, to Chicago along with those prospects. Oh, so we so, never got to play in San Diego. Yeah. Well, he pitched, he, uh, well, yeah, I guess because they didn't have a – at least not in the playoffs. They played some – did they play regular season games there at all last year? I guess he did, yes. Uh, yeah, that was a – A uh, little bit. Trade deadline, right? Uh, He was offseason with them last year. But, I mean, yeah. abbrevi- abbreviated. He uh, – yeah. So he was actually sneaky good last year. Um, 7-4, 273 ERA. Uh, playoffs – Got roughed up a little bit in the playoffs, but Dodgers Dodgers lineup will will tend to do people. But either way, like we said, this is super exciting for baseball. Um, I hope that other teams continue this kind of arms race. I think again, I get it. If you are a fan of the Rockies or the D backs, um, or even the Giants, I get that this is this can be frustrating. But I, it's 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 better for the sport as a whole. And 
as a baseball fan, I am, I am excited in a way that I haven't been for a long time today. So that's encouraging. Yep. Good to see it. All right. Let's talk a little football here. Uh, I want to get started with Viking saints. Just congrats to everyone who had Alvin Kamara on their fantasy team. You probably won your league. You should maybe send that guy a thank you card or like a fancy nose ring or something. Cause he just put your team on his back. So that, that was the case in our league. I know for a fact, so I'm sure that wasn't, uh, wasn't the only scenario where, where that was happening. Shout we, out JB. Yep. JB got us. Um, we'll, we'll be back next year though. You believe that. All right. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. uh, the Vikings. I mean, that that was one of those games where I felt like when I was like tuning in, I was, it felt like they only scored 10 points, but they somehow managed to get like 33 out of it. But man, they, they just, uh, they are a troublesome football team. Uh, they're very bad at tackling, which which won't help your case ever in, in the NFL, uh, especially when you're playing against above average teams. So they're going to need to work on that in the offseason. Um, if you're a Vikings fan, I wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be too uh, enthusiastic about the next couple of years. I don't I don't know how how this goes up from there, but uh, yeah, we'll see. They're, they're going to be that eight and eight team again, like we talked about last week. You know, they're a couple games yeah. away from being a 10 win team or a couple possessions away from being a 10 win team, but they're also a couple best possessions away from being a six to five win team. So really not yeah. sure how to, how to, uh, where they should go from there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they, they are, they're, they're just kind of stuck. Right. And I think until you get cousins out of there and re and rework things that that's, you know, the, the, their upside is very limited. What, so on the last pod, we talked football. I mentioned, I don't have a lot of faith in the saints for, I just, I don't, I don't know why I know they have the stats and the record to back it up, but I don't, I don't believe in the saints. What yeah. did you see? What's your confidence level in the saints after this week? Are you, did, did it move the needle for you either way? No, not really. I mean, if you're going with drew Brees, I mean, Man, that it just there. There's so many throws that he makes that you're just like, yeesh. Like, what was that? You know, it's and and those aren't those aren't like possessions you can throw away or like things you can waste in the playoffs. You know, if a couple of those passes get tipped or stuff like that, those lead to turnovers. They're gonna find themselves losing and getting upset by someone who they shouldn't lose to. But I mean, again, like you said, they don't give me a lot of confidence um, going into this their roster is extremely, extremely good, but it, it, it comes down to the quarterback. Like we've talked about before and they've either got a running back for a quarterback or a quarterback who doesn't, who is a very good passer historically, but as of right now does not instill any confidence in, in what's he, what he's going to do out there. So I, I think, do you think Drew Brees is is hurt and still recovering, or do you think he's washed? I mean, are we just seeing the beginning of the end and and Father Time catching up with with Brees, or do you do you think that he's yeah. he's battling through the injuries and that? I'm sure it's a little bit of both, but the more injuries that happen, the the more and more you look washed. It's you know, yeah. it's you you can kind of see it. The he's not he's definitely just not as sharp as he used to be, and even the short passes don't seem to be um, coming out right. They're spinning as well. 
So it, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I like you said, I think I'm kind of out on the Saints as well. It's hard for me to picture them winning the NFC. Not yeah. saying it won't happen, but I just, I mean, man, they got to string together a few victories against playoff teams. I don't, I don't know, man. The, the, we'll get, we'll get into it. The NFC, I feel like the NFC is wide open. Yeah, it's very I really interesting. Do. Well, when you when you look at like Tampa, who matched up against them twice this year, got blown out once, and then beat by I want to say three early in the season. Um, yep. If they were to go up against each other now, I think we both say the Bucks look much better, look much stronger. Granted, they played like a team that had a coach. He looked like um, like the Truman Show, like he was like acting, you know, like he. Yeah. He looked like he was like, I wonder, what do you think was written on that like card that he was holding up during that game? Like, just like talk to players, make sure you like call timeouts or throw your flag. Vigorously, clap vigorously. Yeah. Yell at ref, yell at ref, utter (laughs) profanity. Yes, that was brutal. I mean, he looked like he was just a deer in the headlights out there. Um, Yeah, the Lions just try not to get hurt next week, make it through one more week and then uh, look, look forward to the off season. Hopefully they can make some moves and, and move on from a couple of their guys. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay, they're good, you know, I mean, but w- again, we got to see them against the legitimate defense and they haven't played one in three or four weeks. So we shall see about them. Let's go. I, I did want to look up something in the like about the draft uh as far as like teams winning and like right now we're seeing some you know some shuffling among the teams that are going to be getting like a top five top ten pick and i mean this is all according to jimmy johnson so take this as you as you may like with a grain of salt but he came up with like a number value of, of like each pick in the draft and I did a little number crunch in here. I'm a big spreadsheet guy. Not that I'd like know what I'm doing other than like being able to find the averages or like the sum of like my columns. But I did do some, some uh, diving on the Excel sheet, a team that has the fifth pick instead of the eighth pick in the draft. It, let's say on average, they're picking fifth and the other team's picking eighth. They have a 15% higher value just from picking those three spots higher throughout the draft. I mean, it's, it's kind of an irrelevant thing, but I just thought it would be interesting to do a little math and throw some stats out there. That is, that is interesting though, that like just one of these accidental wins from one of these teams that are trying to get a good pick might actually hurt you by losing a starter or two. You know, if, if you're drafting a guy, I mean, like there's guys that like DK Metcalf that go in the second round that you might not be able to get if you win one of these accidental games. So it, it does, it does yeah. mean something, but I think this was definitely just some random shit that Jimmy threw together to give himself some airtime every year come draft time, but uh, good for him. Most, most, most likely. I, I think it shows too. I think uh, we could debate the exact value of the draft picks, but just the fact that he was, it just gives you an insight to me. When I hear that, what I think of is I think of some of these franchises like the Jets or just these franchises that suck so bad. And there's no shot. They have any type of like organizational philosophy or yeah, even no thinking strategy. about assigning value to it. So to me, it's less about the exact value of it and more just the fact that they're preparing and thinking on that level. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, that's a great thing about the NFL and why a team like I'm bullish on a team like Jacksonville is you can, if you're picking in that first round, if you have multiple first round picks and your talent evaluation is good, cause that's what it comes down to, right? Like, can you pick the right guys? Cause they're starters, you know, the 30th pick in the NFL draft is likely a, a starter at, at worst, if you evaluate correctly or, mm-hmm. uh, probably even in a, a, a pro bowl or an all pro. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, as a University of Miami football fan, I got nothing bad to say about Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> yeah, he, he did that program right. So let's get on to the next one. Uh, who, what do you want? You want to do Cardinals or we want to talk about that Miami uh, Raiders game? Because I loved that game. Let's go. Let's go Cardinals next. All right. Yeah, let, um, let me get this out of the way. So I'm just I'm going to start because I don't have as much to say. All right. Same old, same old Cardinals. I, I, I mean, I think we talked about this last time. Not surprising at all. Like, I think we both said we nope. expected them to have a really good chance to lose this game, and they did. Yeah. And yeah, at the beginning of the year, we we both like I kind of said they're going to be in the hunt towards the end of the year. Um, I didn't realize it was going to be like this, where they'd start off like six and two and be looking really good, have the number one ranked offense and be struggling on defense in the first half of the season. And then it's kind of flip-flopped. Um, man, so the Niners had third-string running back Jeff Wilson, third-string quarterback C.J. Beathard, and four defensive starters that were out this game. Like, to, to not be able to show up in a game like this is just, like, you do not deserve to make the playoffs if you can't beat a team that's – uh nope that's so depleted like this. And I mean, is, is I, I've, of course, if they make the playoffs, I'm all in, I'm back in on the Cardinals, but um, man, it's, it's tough to watch these guys play, especially like I said earlier, they, they run plays that maximum, like they he'd have to break like three tackles to get more than two yards. And it's like, uh they they just do not know what they're doing. They can't convert two point conversions, and if they haven't noticed, they have two running backs in the backfield at all times with Kyler Murray and whoever the other running back is. <laughs> and I don't understand. Like you should be able to draw up a play that gets you two yards pretty consistently, but they can't seem to do that. Uh, Hopkins still doesn't get nearly as many targets, especially when Kenyon Drake touches the ball 21, 22 times a game. Uh, I don't know if he's ever broken a tackle, let alone like being able to keep his legs moving once he's been contacted. As soon as someone gets their hands on him, it's like touch football. He just goes straight down from wherever he gets touched. Uh, And they, they just pound him on the goal line. You're like, the only thing I can keep saying is what are they doing? And they need to seriously consider drafting another running back, uh, move on from Drake, take the cap hit, seek another guy. Uh, yeah. It's still hard to believe that if they win, they're in, but this would not surprise me at all. If they just completely blow it against the Rams again, they always, where do you rank? Where do you rank running back as? So I'm looking at his contract. So the good news is Drake is actually, He's he's not on the books for next year, so he's an unrestricted free agent after this year. So they could, in Good. theory, just choose to not re-sign him and not take a cap hit. Where do you rank running back? Uh, where is that on the needs list for the for the Cardinals heading into the? Let's let's assume they don't make the playoffs, or they make the playoffs and they go 
they get thrashed in the first round. Um, if you're Steve Kime, where where's that on your needs list for the Cardinals? Um, I don't think you get one in the first round, but I, I feel like they still need to address their their line a little bit more uh, as far as being able to block or being able to get some pressure up the middle up front on defense. But maybe like a mid-round pick then on a guy with some upside? As, yeah, as I, what, what I would like to see is them get a power running back who can actually like take the ball up the middle. And then they also have Chase Edmonds coming back next year, correct? Believe so. So I would I would much rather see a Chase Edmonds slash power running back that can actually attack in between the tackles and move the ball upfield in the middle of the field and kind of add that dimension for the Cardinals. Because they every time they run up the middle, the only way they get yards running up the middle is if Kyler Murray sneaks when it's not like a designed run. So I, I wouldn't count that as actual inside running, inside running game or power running. I would love to see them get a guy who's kind of a bruiser who can who can move the chains and get those short yardage because it always feels like they're in second one, third and one, fourth and one, like type situations, and they just give it to Kenyon Drake. And like I said, the dude can't like he couldn't break a tackle from me, let alone an NFL linebacker. So uh, let's see here. The Rams, uh, they were my pick two weeks ago to uh, come through the NFC. And that, did I curse the Rams? I mean, are you got happened to them? They just got beat by the jets and then they go and lose (laughs) this game where they can't, they can't move the ball at all. Um, I I hope I didn't. I mean, that would yeah, maybe I have some more power than I thought I did, but probably not. Let's uh, every every single member of the Los Angeles Rams front office right now needs to be solely and entirely focused on how they trade, release, do do something, engineer a a move to get a different quarterback in there because this roster is ready to win the Super Bowl. They just need a different like at this point I'm willing to say they don't even need a good quarterback. They just need they just need someone who doesn't suck. And Goff, I mean I've watched Goff at times and there's certain times he doesn't look bad, but then he has these games where you can't win with him. No, it's it's yeah. you 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 have no chance of winning the game with him there. What T Willie, I was thinking about this. What if you put Mitchell Trubisky if you replaced Goff with Trubisky, what does that do anything? Is that different at all? Um, I mean, maybe those guys kind of have like a lot of similarities though with their inconsistency. You know, like when when Trubisky has to play a good defense, he also looks terrified out there and panics and throws balls like into triple coverage. Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's Jared Goff throws the ball a lot, you know, and it doesn't yeah. seem like he gets he he improves, you know, in that in that sense where he's <laughs> like you'd think a guy that throws 45 times a game would be able to start like getting some 300 400 yard games and he does occasionally when there's a when there's a defense that is has a hard time with like McVay's schemes, but most of the time like these divisional games they cannot move the ball and it's it's kind of tough to watch sometimes like you said. Yeah. No, absolutely. They gotta they gotta get that figured out. Yeah. All right, let's go uh Raiders Dolphins here. Um is John Gruden 
like, do you think he's just that guy that every single time he gets beat, he'll be like, all right, I'm not going to get beat that specific way again. And he just makes adjustments to do that. Or just because I say that because they lost to the chiefs by um, scoring the touchdown and then giving Patrick Mahomes the ball with a minute left, making them go down and score a touchdown. Was he just like being an idiot here or what do you think was the right move for them? Okay. I'm going to answer your question with a question. So if prior to the game, if you're John Gruden and I said, Hey, we can be up, we'll be up a score. So we'll be up two points with 19 seconds left on the clock, no timeouts. And they got to drive the length of the field. I mean, statistics, would you take that situation? Yeah. Cause I mean, I feel like, I feel like if you told me that prior to the game, I'd I'd take that every single time. Cause you got to think statistically. I don't I don't know what their win percentage was. It had to be, I mean, it had to be greater than ninety percent, right? Oh, for I sure. Mean, yeah. So I don't know. I think this is a classic case of the move made sense. I don't have a problem with it. I think I, I mean, Fitzpatrick. That was like one of the best passes I've ever seen. Oh, from for Fitzpatrick. Sure. So. I don't, I don't know. To me, this is less about Gruden screwing it up and more about, you know, credit to Fitzpatrick. And honestly, just that's the beauty of sports, right? Is it's not a simulation and you can't just go by the statistics. So I didn't have a problem with it. I know other people will, but I also think too, and this was my whole thing with Blake Snell last playoffs. After we know the outcome, yeah, it's really easy to second guess, but you don't know the outcome heading into it. And I would have taken 10 out of 10. I would have taken that situation that Gruden put him in. So that, for sure. yeah, I, I don't know. All right, yeah, that made that made me think of it a good way then. All right, because I was uh, I was kind of asking myself what the hell is wrong with Gruden, but when you say it like that, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that throw, like, where does that rank for you in terms of greatest throws you've wow? You've seen? I don't, I don't know. Um, it's really hard to think of, like, right off the top of your head. Is there ways to think of a better throw than that? Like, literally, just. I, getting your neck like just ripped to the side and being able to make a 40 yard pass, like right on the money at that Hail Mary, that was just an absolute bomb. But even then, like the, the, that was more just an improbable play in general than the actual throw. I I don't know what, is there more, I kind of feel like Ryan Fitzpatrick is borderline most interesting man in the world. Yeah. Has there ever been a, has there ever been a better bad quarterback am i saying that right like he's is he he's not good right is he good i'm confused <laughs> uh, i i think that'll be a question that we're trying to figure out like years and years from now you know like it's was he good well i mean he was good enough to have this long of a career so yes in certain senses he's yeah. good um but like i mean was was it the year when he was on the jets and they needed him to win like the last game of the year. And he threw like three picks in a row. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you're going to get that out of him. But I mean, as, as the dolphins, he's definitely, he's like for sure the perfect backup. And like you said earlier, I, th- I think we stay with Tua. Like you, I feel like benching him now would, would hurt him more than it would help him. And so if they get a, if they get a playoff game, a road playoff game, are you if you're Brian Flores, yeah, and as no soon doubt as you're, down, you're starting to uh yep. As soon as you're down by like 10 points, fits magic time, call his number okay. and get him back in. Also, shout out to 
Highland Hawk alum, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Repping the Hawks, baby. Yes, sir. I think he went to some good college too, right? Harvard? Harvard? I don't know. I never heard of it. Yeah. Never heard of it. Never right. heard of it. Well, yeah, the Raiders, um, the Raiders definitely look good the entire game. And Darren Waller is a man. Uh, every ball that they threw his way, I thought was like, there's no way this is getting completed. And he just seemed to grab it with ease. So that was, he's impressive. He's, he's very, very Real good. good. Real good. For sure. Um, so Jets, Browns. Yeesh. Browns, man, they uh they had a chance to clinch the playoffs. Is that correct? Yes, a win would have clinched. Yeah, that's that's tough there. I thought Baker got the first down, but they shouldn't have even been in that situation to begin with. So that's that's pretty tough. Um, how do you not how do you not stomp the Jets by two scores? Hey man, the Jets are the hottest team in the league right now. Yep. Even when, <laughs> just they, even when they win it. Even when they win, they lose. Yeah, the they Jets. just beat two double-digit win teams in a row after going 0-13. That's pretty. By impressive. the way, I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna predict the future for you guys out there. Jags are gonna draft Trevor Lawrence. He's gonna go on to be a ten-time Pro Bowler, probably lead him to a Super Bowl. The Jets, whoever they draft, Ryan Leaf status, just massive bust, total oh. letdown. There's probably going to be like three Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and they're going to pick the one Ryan Leaf in this draft class. Just, I'm, I'm telling you guys, you heard it here first. Yeah, that, that would not surprise me in the least. I mean, Browns, you still got a chance, so go out and beat the Steelers. We'll get onto the Steelers in a second, but I thought they had no chance to win that game. But Big Ben, man, he's uh, he showed us he's definitely the most valuable guy on that team. So. Uh, yeah. let's, let's go on to Cowboys here real quick. <laughs> the Cowboys are in it still. And as much crap as we like to talk about the Dallas Cowboys, they are still in this and with a win. And I believe they need some help from some other teams. Um, let's see here. Where's their little matchup here. I got my playoff machine live and click in here. So if they, they win need, uh, Washington to lose, right? Yeah, if they win and Washington loses, who doesn't have a quarterback at the moment, they're not sure if Alex Smith is going to go or they're going to start Heineke. They're still kind of hanging in the balance right now. And the Eagles, we've seen, they are still kind of a like a team that you don't necessarily want to play with Jalen Hurts. Like he's he's a good quarterback, um, but. Yeah, if Dallas wins and Washington loses, then Dallas will be playing in the playoffs. And they might be going up against Tampa or they might be going up against either L.A. or Seattle, depending on what happens, like if L.A. wins or let's see here. All right, so, yeah, it could be mixed up a little bit, but looks like they'll most likely be that four seed playing the five seed, which no matter who I'm clicking on seems to be Tampa Bay. So. Uh, for them to even make the playoffs, though, does that mean that they should even like get Dak if they, if they can make the playoffs with Andy Dalton? Yeah, I. That's. I mean, it, it's tough. You got to figure though, 
this is a historically bad year for the NFC East. If I'm the Cowboys, I'm still, gosh, I don't even know. I'm trying to talk myself into signing Dak, but Jared Goff visions are just flashing through my, no, I'm going to say, I'm going to say you sign him. I still think you pay him and it's going to kill you, but I don't think moving forward without really a quarterback, unless you think Andy Dalton is, is the guy. Wow. What if they they go back to the draft and just get another QB? Man. And start Dalton, see what happens. If Dalton stinks, then you bring in the new guy and see what happens and move on from Dak. That would be a guy I would love to see in LA, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I was just gonna I was just gonna say that for sure. I I think I think too they could make the cap work with next year the Rams would have to eat. They'd have to eat, I think, like 22 million in dead cap space if they were to cut Goff after. The problem is they'd have to do it after the draft. But to answer your question, I, that's a tough situation with the Cowboys. I really think this is where the front office and the coaching staff have to get to get on the same page and really make a good. You got to do your job, right? You get paid to evaluate players, and you got to really evaluate where you're at. And then also the, I think I like I think Dak is a good quarterback. Um, I think he's a oh, good sure. quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback, but at the at the amount of money they're going to have to pay him and the chunk of that cap that it's going to take up, you already have a good line and good weapons. At least that's what everyone tells me every single year, how talented the Cowboys are. <laughs> yeah, that's what we so, hear all the I'm, time. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your word for it. I'm going to take your word for it, Cowboy fans. Um, I think you got to at least consider, uh, yeah, going with Dalton and maybe drafting a guy. I, th- I think it comes down to maybe if there's a guy in the draft who you can target uh, maybe second or third round who you really feel like is undervalued and could be a franchise quarterback, but right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a tough decision for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that idea. Um, let's go here. We've got the Colton Steelers. That was a typical Phil rivers game. Just driving down less than a score with less than two minutes. Uh, just couldn't make the pass to help him win. I, I love Phil rivers. I love his like, his fight and his heart, but being up 21, seven at half and not being able to put the Steelers away who just we've seen after the last couple of weeks, they're not what their record says they are. Um, but again, they proved the doubters wrong today. And uh, man, that was, that was tough to watch the, uh, the Colts go down like that, but it, it, it definitely had all the makings of a great game. You know, both teams kind of realize where they're at now. Um, I don't think the Colts, the Colts are now on the outside looking in to make it in. Right. They, uh, uh I am not they, sure. Are they? Yeah, I believe they have to win. And let's see here. We need if the Titans. Yeah. If the Titans win. Okay. So then Indy takes the five and then we've got, I just thought that game confirmed everything we said last week. Neither of those teams are Super Bowl threats. I mean, they're nice teams, but they're I'm I'm out on the Steelers and I'm I'm out on the Colts as being legitimate threats to make a Super Bowl. For sure. Yeah, who who are you thinking in this uh Browns Steelers game this weekend? Let's let's talk about that one real quick. Are the are the Browns gonna win and get in or Browns. I got Browns. Browns. All right. I like that. I mean is the Steelers, man, they're they're one of the hardest teams to predict right now. They're like you said, they're they're definitely not gonna do it. So I think I think these six, seven, four, five, six, seven seeds in the AFC will be happy to go to Pittsburgh right now and play them. Absolutely. Yeah, they'd be they'd be hungry to go out there and get the game against the Steelers. 
I, I'll tell you who I wouldn't want to play is Buffalo. They are putting a beat down right now. And Josh Allen looks like he's just playing like some backyard football out there. He's, he is sick, man. I, I really, really like Josh Allen. He seems to improve almost week over week. Josh Allen is next. He's the next great young quarterback. I'm, I'm ready to, uh, I'm, I'm right. He was my, he was my bullish last week and I'm, I'm all in circle the wagons. I'm, I'm all in Bill's mafia. Yeah. I think, I think the bills are a very dangerous team right now. Yeah. I love it. One. All right. So we've got a couple more games we want to talk about here. Let's go with the Bengals Texans game. I know it didn't really have any implications on it other than moving up and down in the draft boards, but to me, it looks like their quarterbacks, Allen and Finley, might have both earned themselves like a solid backup QB contract because as we've seen from past history, all it takes is one, maybe two good games as the backup, Um, especially if you're with a bad team and you go out there and throw up 300 yards and a couple touchdowns and look like you got the boys fired up. Someone's going to throw some money at you, and I want to congratulate those two because they both did that the last couple weeks. And you mentioned, you mentioned earlier, they're playing hard. Yeah. I mean, I considered honestly picking the Bengals as my dark horse bullish. So I like Joey Burrow. I think he's an answer there. And I think if they can surround him, he, I think he's a guy that they could win playoff games and even a potentially a Super Bowl with. Um, I think it bodes really well for that franchise, how hard they're playing, even when they're pretty much out of it. Uh, I thought that game last, uh, that last, what Thursday night game uh, against uh, against the Steelers that I just loved how they came to play, especially it's really easy right now. You're seeing it with all these teams kind of packing it in. Um, I, I like that. I think that bodes well, speaks to the culture in the, in the organization. And then they cap space. They have the sixth most cap space, 41 million in, in available cap space moving forward. So yeah, that's they're close. Good. I mean, I think if you can, if they can draft well, I mean, they're going to have to hit the draft. I don't know off the top of my head their pick situation, if they have any other picks. Um, if I'm the Bengals, though, I look to – this could be a prime opportunity to maybe move down, especially if you get in a situation where there's teams that are looking to move up a couple couple slots to get a guy they really like. I would look to try to acquire a couple extra picks just to bolster your depth. You got the quarterback. You have the cap space. Um, bring in talent on and the draft and and we'll see. I mean, the only, the only downside for them is a, I think that's, it's a tough division with the Ravens and the Browns. I Mm. see the Steelers, the Steelers are going to fall off at some point. You got to think without, I mean, Roethlisberger, we'll see. I mean, it feels like the, who knows when the end is coming. So we'll see. I mean, it's, it's good to see the Bengals playing hard and hopefully they can make some good personnel decisions. Yeah. And go back to the Steelers real quick. When you, when you show like, if you try to go for the draft and get a quarterback, and if you pick the wrong guy, that sets your franchise back at least a couple yep. years. You know, like we just saw that with the Bears. They picked Trubisky instead of Watson or Mahomes, and they are suffering the consequences as we speak. They're still somehow magically like in the hunt, but think about the type of team they would be if they had one of those guys instead of instead of uh, Trubisky back there. So yep. Yeah, we'll we'll probably see them take a step back, and I think it would be a good good opportunity for the Bengals to move forward. You still don't know about the Browns. They, I mean, just last year they were they were a miss as far as hit or miss goes, and they're talented. But again, 
you still don't really know. I mean, Baker seems like he's taken a bit of a step forward as far as with his accuracy and not making like terrible decisions and uh, taking a bunch of sacks and hits. But still, you, I mean, they're the, you're, I like what you said, the Bengals. And you don't hear that too often about teams that should move down in the draft. And it's all about teams that should trade it up, trade up and get their guy and do all this. And moving down actually is more valuable, like kind of like the Tampa Bay Rays do in baseball. We seems like we have a lot of Rays references tonight, but I like it uh, just because they they play the uh, small market team mentality and they get rid of their guys. They they buy low and then they sell high. So they're the model for a franchise, right? If you're a small market team, you need to be looking at what the Rays have been able to do in a big market division. Um, I think I think teams in a lot of different sports would do well to to kind of use them as the as the poster boy. Yep. And the Texans guys, please just keep Deshaun Watson healthy this week. Like I know he's only got like 0.7 seconds to make a decision. Um and I mean, I just hope that nothing happens to him and that they can uh, get out of this season in one piece because they are probably one of the worst teams in the league this year um, as far as just talent except for their quarterback. Well, can I give you some good news on that front, T. Willie? Yeah. They have the seventh least amount of cap space. They are currently $14 million over the cap going into next year. How is that even possible? Who? Um, his name is Bill O'Brien, and he's <laughs> he's he's a he's a bad man. Not Ugh. like like bad with two D's, just like bad B A D. He's he's bad. He's not good. He's he's he does a poor job. Um, so good work, Bill O'Brien. Good work, man. Yeah, he was just he's just been digging the trenches for the last couple of years when they've been uh, turned the other way, huh? Let me read you the other teams that, that have less cap space than them. Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Rams, Green Bay Packers, Pittsburgh Steelers, New Orleans Saints. The Falcons and the Eagles are in a tough spot. But, I mean, all those teams, Chiefs, Rams, Packers, Steelers, Saints, are playoff teams, potential Super Bowl contenders. Wow. I mean, Houston Texans just. That gosh. is brutal to hear. Um, we need a miracle for Deshaun. Save Deshaun. I'm starting. I don't. I don't know what needs to happen, but some someone help him. Yeah, we got to try to get that hashtag going. Yep. Man. Okay. So moving on to the Ravens Giants game. Uh, the Ravens just kind of took care of business. It game seemed like it was over from the first from the get go. Um, Daniel Jones took six sacks. I don't know how many hits this guy can take. Like he, again, he just completely ignores when they're just bull rushing him and. <laughs> I don't know if it's his vision, whether it's like a Jameis Winston situation where he needs some like laser surgery on his eyes, but he's got to figure out some way to uh, identify the men in the other color jerseys and maybe like take a couple steps to like (laughs) to, to avoid them when they're running at him to sack him. It, I don't know why he just keeps taking so many sacks. It's, it feels like they can uh, go out and maybe call some different plays uh, they need to draft another quarterback. Cut your bait. Draft another quarterback. He's not the answer. Yeah, for sure. You you got to get a scrambler there and just go go completely new scheme. Yeah, I mean it's just I I don't know what the answer is. I just know that he's not it for sure. Um, 
let's go to the Ravens real quick. The Ravens have basically like three guys each week that are like running well. They have a super balanced attack. Uh, do you think this this formula works well in the playoffs, or are these guys going to be a team that teams do not want to like play come in come playoff time? Or is is one of the three whether whether it's uh, Edwards or Dobbins or Jackson or um, who's the other running back? Um, that was all three, right? Did you say all three? Well, Jackson is the quarterback, but um, I feel like they have another running back now. Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins. Um, probably, I'm blanking on the name though. Right yeah, now. this is this is great radio here. Um, podcast. Anyways, anyways, uh, one of these guys I feel like needs to be the, like the step up bell cow in the playoffs, and you you got to kind of focus it on one of them. And I still don't trust the Ravens receivers at all. Yes, they make some good plays here and there, and most of the time they catch the ball when when Lamar puts it there, but. I don't know. It, it's they they don't seem like a big game team to me. And yeah, I mean, if I'm the Chiefs, I don't feel like I'm worried about the Ravens. Correct. So, yeah. Yep. And let's top it off here. Titans Packers. Uh, I love Derrick Henry. He just, especially in the snow, you know, like that was that was fun watching mm-hmm. him just uh, just working his ass off for I think it was right around 90 something yards but he was running hard and I don't know I, I'm gonna go into a little bit of a rant about this game I I probably I probably picked up on this pretty quickly because I took the Titans to win the game and the more I watched I was I had this like recorded so I was able to reverse and go back and replay as they were going and I called uh nine different game changing plays that were ruled in green bay's favor <laughs> from from false starts to offsides on tennessee on the blocked kick that would have taken them down to their own or to green bay's red zone uh this was right before halftime by the way and then tennessee actually got the ball back and went and scored again uh there was three pass interference calls uh on green bay that were by the way, Green Bay didn't have a single penalty called against them all night, and I also watched them false start. And uh, Aaron Jones, the another big one, Aaron Jones got pushed towards the sidelines, steps out of bounds. There's a photo of the ref, the sideline ref, literally staring right at this play. And for him not to call anything and then just let them go down and run a quick snap real quick, was this game rigged? Like, was this game set up? Uh, and so let's also mention something important here. 97% of the money uh, going into Vegas was on Tennessee about an hour before the game started. Um, and then right at game time, it went down to about 89%. So to me, when I hear that, that looks like to me that there was a decent number of people who probably had some information on this game and threw quite a bit because if for a money for the money to move eight percent right before the game starts that means there were yeah. some heavy bets coming in on green bay right at game time that um, is uh that's sketchy for sure yes and if you if you guys the listeners want to go back here and uh go back and look at some of these play calls that i mentioned but i mean i'm i'm obviously 
I'm not sour because my I have a twenty five dollar bet on this game, so that's not why. I, like I thought this game was rigged, but when I was just watching this, I was like, this is kind of ridiculous how so many penalties were not getting called on Green Bay, and it wasn't so many penalties on Tennessee, but it was the other way, just kind of letting Green Bay play whatever kind of style they wanted to play, and th- there was there was a couple questionable like push offs with receivers that just helped them get open. I don't know. Um, that's usually kind of a big deal when you can like move a guy a couple feet right before the ball comes. You usually have a lot more space in that situation. I don't know. You, I mean, I'm pretty convinced that it was, and especially after this podcast, if uh, if you guys don't hear from me uh, quickly uh, after this, then then we, we can all we can all uh, always confirm here. But um, we'll send seems- them. Seems like the bottom line with this stupid rant of mine is that Vegas always wins. Uh, if you ever see a massive percentage of money on a certain team, I'm just saying it might be wise to go with the the team on the other side of that. But that doesn't all. It's not always the case, obviously. I mean, because anywhere like about eighty percent of the money was on the Bills tonight, and they blew out the Patriots. But uh, I just wanted to get that off my chest because I was I was pretty mad watching this game last night, especially when I would replay it and watch like a blatant false start, stepping out of bounds. Oh, the other one that was that I hated was the punt. Uh, it looked like Green Bay touched it when Tennessee punted it off to him, and absolutely, just the whole play was just completely ignored. And I just felt like I was like driving myself crazy watching this, but it, it was wild. I. Uh, I did not like <laughs> I did not like watching that game last night. Tyler, Tyler, <clears throat> I just want you to know that that you're heard and and your thoughts and your feelings are are validated. So, that's I'm glad you're able to get that off your chest, buddy. That was good. Thank you. I feel better now. Good. Good. Yeah. Okay. All right, moving on. Um also another stat I wanted to throw out uh the NFC West has a combined 34 wins. And the AFC North has a combined 36 wins. Are we going to see a winner out of these? I mean, let's let's just say statistically they are the two toughest divisions. Does that mean necessarily a winner comes out of here? Or am I just looking too far into these numbers and this doesn't mean much? I don't think a winner comes out of there. Okay. I mean, they're, 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 I think those divisions just – they have more depth for sure. The NFC West for me, if you would ask me five, six weeks ago, I think it's got like the 49ers have fallen off. They've been decimated. The Rams for me now just – it's become more and more clear. They have serious golf issues. Um, the Seahawks have been playing better on defense, but I'm still really concerned about them facing – uh, an elite offense in the playoffs. And and I think the Seahawks can win a couple games, but I think it's going to be hard for them to outscore teams three games in a row. Uh, sure. And then the Cardinals, I mean, I don't think anybody has a lot of faith in the in the Cardinals to, even if they win one playoff game, they'll, they'll find a way. Cliff will find a way to screw them over. Right. Yeah, I was, uh, I was thinking I found the, uh, one of the secret ingredients to winning a Super Bowl, but it doesn't seem like it. We'll we'll see. I just, I mean, the more we watch, I can can the Chiefs be beaten in the AFC? I mean, I don't want to make it sound stupid, but I'm pretty sure the Chiefs have already won the AFC, right? Yeah, I mean, they they you could tell their foot is just off the gas right now, and they're just like 
we'll do what it takes to win the game, but we're not going to like do anything to hurt ourselves or play super hard. They're just going to play enough to win the game, which that's kind of like what good teams do. Like when you're going to like, let's say you're at the gym and they're doing pickup on Saturdays and you know, there's a team that's just running it the whole time. And they know when they're facing an inferior opponent, they're going to take their foot off. They're going to let these guys shoot it around a little bit. You know, they're going to, they're going to practice on their own things and, and work on stuff and let Patty Mahomes run for a couple routes and do their thing. But at the end of the game, they're going to come back and win. And I mean, who would, who can knock the, like, um, Titans, Bills? Who, who do we, I think the best, the team with the best shot has to be the Bills, honestly. They, they're, they're, they're trending up at the right time. And other than that, I mean, like we said earlier, I wouldn't be too scared to see Baltimore if I'm Kansas City. I wouldn't be intimidated by Pittsburgh at all. Nope. And I mean, Miami, uh, Miami maybe would be the only other team that you'd say that like, hey, at least defensively, they can create some chaos. And they did have three interceptions against Mahomes earlier this year. So yeah. that might be a team that they'd be like, hey, we don't really want to play those guys, but I don't, I don't see Miami winning a playoff game to even get to that that part of the the playoffs where they actually play KC. So, And when it comes down to it, maybe they play them tough, but fourth quarter, do we not feel – I mean, I think that the Chiefs are winning that game. Even yeah, if Miami plays them tough, right? Let's not forget, with Fitzmagic, anything is possible. So, hey, there we go. Yeah, Wingardium Leviosa for Fitzmagic. <laughs> Anything can happen when that beard strap, when that helmet straps around that beard. There, he starts summoning the Dementors, and it's just, yeah. all bets are off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Uh, what else we got? We we going anything else here? No, I think that's your that's your week in the NFL. I don't know. I don't know that my thoughts have changed too much from the last time we did that. Other than the Rams are definitely. Definitely have to be trending down. Yeah, they're in trouble. The, I still think it's the Chiefs coming out of the AFC and the NFC. I don't. Did you get any more? Are you any more confident in Green Bay winning the NFC based on what you saw? No, I'm staking with my take. That game was rigged. So the NFC, I mean, I don't know. I don't love Green Bay and I don't love the Saints. So I don't know who that leaves. I mean, I guess I'm going to have to just stick with Tampa Bay. I'm I'm going down with the ship. All right, good. That that's a great ship to go down with, you know, the pirate ship. I was I was talking about this. I thought the Raiders, that would be sick if they got a like Tron style pirate ship in one of their end zones instead of that like burning football up top. Yes. Wouldn't that yes. be sweet? Like a black pirate ship with like LED lights running around it? You need to get in touch with their uh their like PR department. Yeah. Yeah, whoever I need to contact on that, someone let me know, and I will, I will gladly draw up some sweet, some sweet uh, layouts for that. So you're welcome. You guys can have that one for free. There, that's that's just straight off the dome. Love it, love it. All right, guys. Uh, well, that was uh, this week in football. Uh, T. Will, do we need to hit on any NBA? I don't think there's much. Uh, we found out the Clippers suck without Kawhi. Uh, which yep. is no surprise to anyone, but yep. finally got to see the Mavs come out of their whatever funk they were in. Their first couple games uh, looked really good. Uh, they shot 49% from the field that night, so that was 
I, I would like to see the Mavs do that because I was starting to uh, if if they would have lost this game without Kawhi, like with the Clippers without Kawhi, I would have started having some serious doubts about the Mavs. But they took care of business and they're gonna they're gonna finish right around the top in the West. Well, and you got to remember too with the Mavs, they're playing without their second best player right now. So uh-huh. Porzingis is out, and I don't know. Again, that's a huge question mark whether he comes back and when he does, what he's how effective he is. Um, and to me, that's going to be really that's going to be the thing that swings their their season in terms of being an actual factor in the playoffs versus a first round team. Um, yeah, first so first year playing fantasy basketball. Just want to go ahead and flex on everyone. Yeah, I'm I'm one to know. I got the most points in the league. Uh, Julius Randle, shout out New York Knicks. High usage, high volume scores. I want you to keep shooting those three balls. Even if you don't make them, that's okay. Keep firing them up there. Take rebounds from your teammates and, uh, you know, keep balling out for Greedo's guys. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I was actually hoping you wouldn't mention this, but now that we've, now that you've talked about yours, I might as well mention mine. My team is going to be very bad. Uh, John Morant just went down, who was my guy. Um, I was actually trying to shop him earlier this week oh. for some Russell Westbrook, and that wasn't accepted. And so now I am stuck with absolutely nobody. And I've got Embiid is my like my final like cornerstone of my team. So I am in dire straits right now. I'm in trouble. I'm I'm looking at your roster right now. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not know. looking good. Also, no. also. Uh, Carl Anthony's out too. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So, right. Yeah. Okay. So, well, you, you know, know, prayers, prayers up for T Willie's fantasy hoops team. It's not looking good, but he's a gamer. He'll, I'm sure he'll make some, make some moves. Maybe, maybe hone that, uh, hunt that waiver wire a little bit. Yeah. I, I'll just stick with like, I'm, I'm more of a football guy than a basketball guy. So I'm just going to try to like defer and, uh, just, just punt on first down, basically just say this season's over and, we had a good run, you know. We lasted about four whole four whole days into the season, so uh, we'll we'll take another shot at it next year. Maybe I should there show up for the draft next time. That that would probably be my first step in 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 winning some of these fantasy basketball games. But hey, man, the the computer's supposed to do their job too. You know, like that's that's the whole reason we created these things in the first place, right? Yeah, absolutely. They, yeah. they let you down. Fucking auto draft. <laughs> All right, guys. I think uh, I think that's all we got for you. I hope you we hope you guys enjoyed the show. As always, keep the rally caps on and uh, keep hitting us with your feedback. We appreciate it. If there's any, and definitely if there's any topics or things you want us to get more in depth on or cover, um, definitely hit us up with that because uh, we appreciate that and we we our goal is to use that uh, that feedback and kind of that interaction with you guys to guide uh, the direction we take the pod in. Yes, we did get a good mention uh, starting. What is that December or not December? We're in December now. Uh, January 10th, that new Tiger documentary is coming out. Yes. Yeah, we're gonna be covering yes. that. We're gonna we're gonna do a uh, a good segment about that Tiger documentary. Uh, we know we got some golf fans out there, and we'll uh, we'll dive into that and and talk about some of our favorite things that we see in that. I'm I'm excited to see it. As I'm sure you are. I mean, we we all kind of grew up with with Tiger being the man. Uh, pretty much our whole lives. And we kind of saw him from the very beginning to his ups, his downs, everything that happened to him. I'm really excited to see that. And I'm I don't know what, what kind of that. new information we can get out of it. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. That's going to be must see, must see TV for sure. Yep. And yeah, any, anything else you guys, you guys see or want to hear or hear us debate or anything like that, let us know and we will do so. Keep them rally caps on guys. Thank you. 